Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Time to tackle everything the letter T. Also with new trivia and we watch some TV. It's time for Categorized. All right, we've made it to the letter T in our Categorized. This is the segment where we count down all of our favorite five things in a certain category, and this happens to be the alphabet that we're counting down. We're almost done, Jay. I mean, this is three seasons in the making, I think. Like, I can see the end. I can see the precipice. Yeah, T is a really big one, though. There are a lot of great movies that start with T, and I got to say... Once we're through this, I think it's going to be really easy choosing movies, but this one was hard. I go through Roger Ebert's website to look at all of the the movies that he has reviewed. That's how I kind of remind myself what are my favorite movies from a an alphabetical category. The thing that I find interesting because they for some strange reason have the as an appropriate T word which we do not. The we does do not, not count. No. And but there's a lot of W movies. So I think W also is going to be quite hard. I keep telling you, you got to go in and you got to rate as many movies as you possibly can on Letterboxd with what your rating is, because it makes for podcast prep so much easier. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like half an hour, like scrolling through. Oh, yeah. I just go into all the films I've ever seen. I go to the T's and I look at them put them in a playlist, sort them by my highest rank, and then just kind of shift them down. And then, boom, it was like four minutes. It was awesome. Yeah, mine mine took considerably longer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, why don't you kick us off then with one of your tea films? I'm going to start us light and airy with Toy Story, which is a great movie. When Toy Story came out, I think it was Pixar's first picture to be honest it was yeah yeah oh yeah yeah i think it blew everybody's mind i haven't i have to admit i have not seen toy story 4 but you know one two and three all basically follow a similar structure that is laid out in that first one which i think truly cements it as like one of the most revolutionary movies of all time tim allen and tom hanks against each other It's pretty magical. And it it deals with some really larger feelings and themes that a child's toy, you don't expect a child's toy to be envious and jealous. And they really explore those feelings and it takes them to, well, it gets them lost. Really, these feelings threaten their very existence. Oh man, what a great movie. Okay, what's on your list? Uh, Well, let's start with 12 Angry Men. (gasps) Yay, that's on my list too. (laughs) Before we started this, we definitely said to ourselves, if it's a number and it starts with a a T, that's okay. The number that starts with a T, like 310 to Yuma, 10 things I hate about you, uh, you know, 10 items or less. These are all numbers, but they are T's. So so that's okay. We're not going to do a T category, right, Ivana? Or a number category. We are not going to do a number category. Okay, good. All right, so let's talk about 12 Angry Men really quickly. We've talked about it before. 12 Angry Men is one of my favorite movies of all time. It takes a small 
room and makes everything in it seem so much more urgent. It's a very relevant political kind of film. I think 12 Angry Men is the perfect kind of movie everybody should be watching while everything in the world is happening the way it is right now. It's a boiling pot. It's a hot summer day, and they're deciding the fate of a person of color, all of these white men who all have differing opinions. And and I got to say, it's one of those classic enthralling pieces by Sidney Lumet that totally holds up and everybody needs to see. I completely agree. I, I feel like if you ever get jury duty, especially if it's a big trial, you should be forced, you know, as part of training to watch this movie before you go in for the day. Well, I got to say, I was on a jury and I and I'll I'll admit I can't talk about what went on back there, but there were definitely moments where. You know, there were 11 of us against one person or I was that one person who just couldn't wrap my head around what we were talking about. And you, you got to stick to your guns. You got to you got to hold true. You can't just cave. You got to if you believe a certain way, you got to talk it out. And it's a fascinating experience. And I absolutely totally get where. Peter Fonda's character comes from. I, I really love this movie. I'm very happy. It's on both our lists. So there That's we go. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't I get a second crack so that I can catch up here? And I'm going to go with the film, the political thriller, 13 Days. Have you seen 13 Days? Have you heard of 13 Days? I've heard of 13 Days, but I have not seen it. And I don't even really know what it's about. So can you tell me about it? Yeah, totally. So 13 days is about the 13 days during the Cuban Missile Crisis standoff. And it's what's happening inside JFK's White House during that time. Mm. And I think it is a, a fantastic look behind the scenes at what people are experiencing. Kevin Costner is uh, he's fine. But really, it's it's the state of the world that is happening around these guys. And I think also it was one of the first political thrillers I'd ever seen that that grabbed my attention. It was that in JFK. And maybe it's something about John F. Kennedy, but I, I was really taken in by this political thriller. And I've seen it maybe maybe 13 times now. I still go back to it. It's not a perfect movie, but these are my favorite letter T movies and 13 days makes that list. Oh, that's it looks like a really interesting movie. Um, And like back in the heyday of Kevin Costner, like where has he been in a long time? Cool. I like it. Where has he been actually? Now that that it's in my head, what has Kevin Costner been up to? He was, he was in that Mr. Brooks movie. I want to say where it looks like he's almost a ghost. Oh, he was in Molly's game. He was the father in Molly's game. Oh, I forgot him in that. He was on that Netflix documentary, the highway man or not documentary. I should say he was uh, in the Netflix film. The Highwaymen, and Hidden Figures. He was the white savior character, which is always fun. Yeah. All right. Moving on, (laughs) Uh, because otherwise we'll be here all night talking about this. I'm going to go with a movie that is a little bit more exciting, and that is Taken. Taken. Very exciting movie. Please, like, why is it on your list? I mean, it, I go back to it a lot, but why is it on your list? Look, I mean, Liam Neeson 
as the father in this movie is one of the most interesting portrayals. I feel like it's like it makes Liam Neeson who he is today. He is so badass. This movie is so entertaining. I remember seeing it in movie theaters and I I didn't really know that much about it. I was just like so blown away. Like it completely surprised me. It was enthralling, enveloping, watching him hunt those men down. It is very much in that vein of like John Wick, but not like John Wick. But, you know, taken. I mean, I don't know. I think it started a genre and it was so entertaining. It's definitely a surprise. When I saw it for the first time, I, I think I miss its theatrical run altogether. And when I saw it the first time, somebody just recommended I watch it and I found it and I watched it and uh, at home. And I was so surprised and taken aback by how amazing Liam Neeson was in the film. And not to mention that, like just how great fun this movie is to watch it's so much fun he's and he's really grounded there's something about the idea of a father fighting for his daughter that is just so like human yeah you really believe him and he's not like really believe the best looking guy he's just a guy that's it exactly and it's it was it's just great it's a great movie he's not even like a big muscle-bound arnold he's just a really tall lanky dude (laughs) and you don't expect it and then it's awesome (laughs) that is very true all right let's i i brought it up so let's go terminator 2 judgment day arnold schwarzenegger i brought up arnold this is arnold's best movie ever james cameron knocked it out of the park when he built the terminator franchise period But then he went on to do Terminator 2, which brought those groundbreaking visual effects and the role Arnie needed to play, the hero Terminator, to come in and, and, you know, get in all the hasta la vista babies that anybody could ever want. And I just absolutely love Terminator 2. I think it's one of the best action films. You know, when we talk about action, we talk about where everything is in a scene. You need to know what is happening in a scene. And this film sets everything up for action so well. From the canal racing scene where you know exactly if Arnold turns his head, you know where that barrel's pointed right down that cab of that truck. You know where everything is. In the scene where they're in the lab, the, um, oh my gosh, in, uh, in Skynet, like Skynet before it's Skynet. Right, right, right. Yes. And they're going in and they're going to. And it's a giant building, but somehow you know all of the geography of that space and you know everything where you know where everybody is, where people are hiding, where people are down. You in your brain know over here it's the good guys and over here is the bad guys. And Terminator 2 is fantastic in doing this. It's a great movie. I'm so happy that it's on your list. It didn't make mine, but it was really close. And I, I kind of took the bet that it was going to be on your list as well. We watched it on this podcast. It is. It holds up so well. My next one is Thank You for Smoking. Oh, my gosh. This is such a deep pull for you. It. You know what? I love Love, 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 love this movie. Aaron Eckhart, uh, he came out of nowhere for me with this movie. I had never seen him before in anything that I knew of. It's just so entertaining. Like for a minute there, I was like, oh, 
maybe I want to be an evil lobbyist. But then I sort of checked in <laughs> with my conscience and and realized while it seems fun, you have to like basically not worry about your humanity or your conscience or think about other people because really if you're a lobbyist you're fighting for the wrong thing nobody's lobbying for the right things in life (laughs) and this is this is one of the first films i think this is the feature film debut of jason reitman (gasps) really i think it is i think he only did shorts before this one and then he did thank you for smoking immediately following up with juno and then up in the wow. air, which I think is the best three movie run for him because yeah, some movies are okay after that and some movies are not so great, in my opinion. What a great feature premiere. Good for him. Uh, let's talk about an animated film. Uh, I think it's the best animated film of the Disney new renaissance, and that is Tangled. Uh, I love Tangled. It's such a good movie. You know, I have said this before. I will probably say it again. People really, really look at the new movies by Disney and say, oh, yeah, the Frozen movies and move on. No, Tangled is 10 times better than Frozen. And it is what kicked off the new Walt Disney Animation Studios again. After all of the Pixar work, it was the first one to be like, nope, we're Walt Disney and we still do animated movies and we crushed it. You have the voice talents of Mandy Moore and Zachary Levi. and Who, by the way, have great voice chemistry. Oh my gosh, of course they do. Mandy Moore, who can emote like nobody else, as we see all the time on This Is Us. (laughs) Just making us cry all the time. She brings all of that emotion to Rapunzel. And then you got Flynn Rider with Zachary Levi, who is... Basically just playing Shazam, but as a thief with a heart of gold. He reminds me in it a lot of um, Carrie, I want to say Elwes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From The Princess Bride. Yeah, but like his character from Robin Hood more. Oh, sure. Yeah, I believe that. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Yep. That's uh, that's a good uh, oh, man. I got to watch that movie. I haven't seen it in a long, long time. Do you know if it holds up? I don't know if it holds up, but I have to say that a lot of Mel Brooks's stuff that I've seen kind of does like Blazing Saddles is way ahead of his time. And my way favorite movie ahead is. of its time. Good call. Granted, I have not seen it in like 10 years, but 10 years ago, I felt like it held up. I don't know if it will today either. I guess it. we should watch a Mel Brooks movie sometime. I am in. I am totally in for that. All right, so that is mine. Tangled definitely holds up. Definitely you should see it. If you've missed it because you're like, oh, but it's an animated movie, you're, you're missing out. It's fantastic. And I, I also say this, even though I'm not always into the animated movies. That's right. Even though Big Hero 6 is the movie that made her cry the most. I love that movie so much. Okay, I, I, I'll do my last one. It's not an animated movie, but okay. it, it is for those that are young at heart. And it is 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, yes. I'm glad you brought this in. I love this movie so much. I watched it constantly when I was a kid. Uh, my dad loves it. So, like, if it's ever on television, he just stays on that channel, doesn't say anything. Um, I mean, it's based off of Shakespeare, and Shakespeare's brilliant. 
it's so star studded that you like you just the idea of it. I mean, Heath Ledger, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Larissa Leniak. Yeah. Uh, we've got oh Styles, Julia Styles. Julia Styles, yes. Um, Keanu something or other. No, not Keanu. Not Keanu. Definitely no, but not he, Keanu. He was in Camp Nowhere. What was his name? <laughs> Andrew something? Andrew Keegan. Yes, Andrew Keegan. That's where the K came from. He was really like great. That was kind of like the end of his career, the highlight of it. I don't know. This movie's really fun. You got a young um, Gabrielle Union. You got Larry Miller in there. You've got uh, David Krumholtz, who is like stealing every single scene he is in. Oh, by far. Not to mention Allison Janney, pre-Oscar Allison Janney as this really, really funny guidance counselor who is writing a porno. <laughs> yeah, an erotic novel. You know, the thing about that is, yes, it is very 90s. It feels that way when you watch the film. But there are parts that are timeless, like Heath Ledger going onto the field. uh, Sorry, I should say standing in the stands while Julia Stiles is on the field and he starts singing that old crooner song. And if it wasn't that old crooner song, it would be so dated. Like if he was singing Hit Me Baby One More Time. We go back and be like, oh, gross. But because he's singing something from the four seasons, you are absolutely like, this is timeless. Yeah. So many things about this movie are all great decisions. It's very 90s. I mean, when you look at it, when you look at pictures, the style is like perfectly 90s. It's it's a real snapshot in time, I think. The actors are good and... The story is based off of Shakespeare, which you can never grow out of. You uh, you just have to look to these classic stories and you will find something for everyone in them. So when you're you're writing your next movie, Ivana, maybe you'll go back to a Shakespeare play and and try and adapt it for today. I actually I have I have one like that. I'm working on a different thing now, but I have one. One day, that is as a Shakespeare. All right, my last one, my last T movie on my list is a Western, and this film is by with Kurt Russell and Sam Elliott, and you got a really young Billy Bob Thornton in there, throw in Bill Paxton, and you've got yourself Tombstone. Some supporting Ooh. characters also, Jason Priestley, isn't it? And, I love uh, Jason Priestley. Yeah, there's all kinds of people in this movie. It's crazy. Tombstone is about the iconic showdown at the OK Corral. And it's that 30-second shootout that changed everything and made Wyatt Earp a legend. Wyatt Earp at that point was just kind of a lawman, and then he became this huge legend. The story of Wyatt Earp in real life is actually a very interesting one. He was never really that... He was really ambitious, but he would get complacent very easily. That's why at the end of his career, he kind of went to Hollywood and was just helping Hollywood make Westerns. Very interesting. Yeah. In the very, very early days. Oh yeah. Very early days. Like he would have been in in his fifties and sixties when Hollywood came a calling and he went to Hollywood and he helped them make Westerns more authentic. 
because there were so many people writing about Wyatt Earp and writing comics about Wyatt Earp that that the the actual legendary gunslinger could come and 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 help. We always think of the Wild West as like so long ago, but it really was just at the at the edge, at the edge of the 1900s. So, you know, the 1920s were there. They were making all kinds of movies, and he was there. He was there to help, which is crazy. But that's not what Tombstone's about. Tombstone is about going and killing the cowboys for killing your brother and being horrible people. It's a great Western. It's a great action movie. I think uh, Val Kilmer in it is one of the best parts of the film as Doc Holliday. It's just a great movie. Again, it's not the best movie of all time. I'm sure there are more T movies than my honorable mentions that you probably think are better. But this is my favorites list and Tombstone makes a cut. Well, I guess we're at that time. We now each have to select our absolute favorite of any of the ones we've talked about. It doesn't have to be from your own list if you forgot something and the other person chose it. So, Jay, what is your number one T movie? 12 Angry Men. Very, very easy. Very simple. I go back to this movie at least once a year. 12 Angry Men is it. What about you? I'm torn between three of them. <laughs> of course you are. You always, always are. I Okay, I'm torn between 10 Things I Hate About You, Thank You for Smoking, and Toy Story. Um, okay, I think I'm going to go Toy Story because honestly it changed kind of the course of animated film single-handedly so oh, i love that an animated film toy is story. your your film of choice here yeah it is toy story is amazing i cannot fault you that that is incredible we will put this in the log and maybe do something with all this i don't know but we're gonna put it in the log honorable mentions any if any terminator 2 taxi driver to die for you top gun tango and cash 10 Things I Hate About You, The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, and... I still uh, need to see that. I can't believe I've never seen it. And Train to Busan. Oh, nice one. Which I still think is one of the best zombie movies of the past, like, I think it's been five years. Uh, That movie is awesome. There's actually a sequel coming out coming soon for Train to Busan. It takes place four years after Train to Busan. Looks great as well. Cannot wait. So, Jay, things ha- have been open here in the States for a little while. Wait, wait what do you mean? They just had like 4,000 new cases in Florida. Yeah, well, I, I'm not in Florida, and Florida has so many cases because of how much they've opened everything up here. We're in green phase in our area, which it's not like exactly how things were before. You're still not supposed to have big gatherings. Um, everyone still has to wear masks when you're like in stores outside, but, and there's still a capacity that is decreased, but pretty much everything is open. Like retail is open. Grocery stores were always open. I can't really, restaurants are open. People are going out to restaurants and bars. They are sitting in restaurants. Yeah. They're sitting in restaurants, having meals what's uh like what's the capacity like in that uh i think they're just supposed to make sure that it's like the all the tables are six feet apart 
I think. Okay. All, right. I, All right. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not ready to like be out in the world. I, there is a freaking pandemic, whether, you know, people are sick of it or not. It's still there. And I'm I'm not ready to be out into the world eating at restaurants, going to movie theaters, that kind of thing. What? Okay, so Toronto's going to go into phase two soon. What does that mean for Toronto? So on Wednesday, we're recording this on a Monday, and on Wednesday, we go into stage two, which means restaurants can start opening doors. Hairdressers can start opening up again. It means that, well, we're currently in a 10-person bubble that you can, like, you can go and you can be within their distance with 10 people, as long as the 10 people are in your bubble as well. And like, it doesn't really make any sense at all. It's a, I, I've actually heard about it and I think it's brilliant. The idea that there's a closed bubble of 10 people. Yeah, so but like, it's impossible. Like, I, I don't believe it because in my bubble, I've got Becky and I've got uh, my parents and my brother and his and my sister-in-law. Problem is, my brother and my sister-in-law are acting like the pandemic's over. So they, so them being a part of my bubble is just bringing more in anyway. Well, you know? then you just then they can't be part of your bubble. No, I understand that, but that's what the problem is: is that you you have to really consider your bubble, and everybody in that bubble has to stick to it. And I just don't think people can do that. They've got families of their own they want in their bubble. They they just, I don't think people are responsible enough to actually bubble up like that. And it's sad and it sucks, but it's the truth. It's too hard for people. Uh, now, you can have a group of 10 people who are not in your bubble as long as you're being social distancing and making sure that you're that two meters apart, you're good. You can have up to 50 people at a funeral uh, as long as, again, everybody is social distancing. You can only have 10 people at a reception for a funeral, though. So the actual ceremony for a funeral and wedding, you can have 50 outdoors, outdoors with distance, uh, but reception only 10. Interesting. Well, so what about you? How are you feeling? And movie theaters are not open, unfortunately. That's the one thing that I miss the most is going to the movies. And movie theaters will not be open during this phase. Uh, That will be, I believe, stage three, which I don't know if we're on our our way there or not. But uh, Toronto has been seeing lower numbers, and that's good. I'm hoping that it continues that way as we go through stage two. But you're right. We're still in a pandemic. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Would you? Okay, question for you. If movie theaters were opening up on Wednesday, would you feel comfortable enough to go? Mm, that's a great question. Uh, I don't think a lot of people would be ready to go. So maybe, <laughs> maybe there'd be like five people in the theater and I just make sure I'm like in the front row or something and they're not coming near me. I don't know. Great question. I don't. I miss it so much, but I don't I don't think it's going to be a great year for movie theaters, even when they reopen. I think people will be nervous to spend that much time in close quarters with people. A hundred percent. Like there's no chance um, 
I'm ready to be going into a movie theater. I am very excited for drive-in theaters, though. Great and, call. I think it'll be a great summer for drive-in. I really have been like, I have been just like craving a drive-in movie, like a double feature. Like I've just been craving it. One thing I love about Toronto, I think Pittsburgh does it too, but I've only ever done it in Toronto. You know when they have those outdoor movies? Yeah. I, I wonder if that's coming or not. Because like in some ways, mass gathering, bad idea, you don't want to do it. But in other ways, it's pretty safe to be outside as long as you can socially distance from people. So I think so long as people would actually be responsible to like either be with their direct people that are in their bubble or away from people that would be something that could come back. And I would probably feel comfortable to do it if people were far away from me enough. It'll be interesting to see what happens once we get the app going. When the government releases the app and people can can say, yes, I have negative or no, I'm not negative, and actually trace on the app areas where there are infected people, it'll be very interesting to see you know, what it really looks like. I know you have to multiply it by a certain amount. But it'll, it'll be very interesting to see. Uh, that seems like a scary and like potentially <laughs> privacy issue app that the government is now, I guess, rolling out. The actual Government of Canada app has not come out yet, but Apple and Google had to update their software so that it could uh, utilize an app when it arrives. But again, you have to turn on that feature. Like it should be on your phone right now. Actually, if you go to your settings, you should be able to see COVID-19. Like if you go to settings and type in COVID, you should be mm-hmm. able to see something. Oh, yes. I have heard that Apple and Google are teaming up to like know where everyone it's it's a huge privacy issue. Probably not uh, <laughs> like the exact topic that we need to be talking about in our movie podcast. But it is interesting and it's very interesting. I feel like this took a very dark road. I don't think it's as dark as everybody thinks it is. Apple and Google are constantly updating software so they can do things for you. And you signed a contract to let them do it. So I don't think it's as big a deal as everybody says. If you use Google Maps, it knows your routes. It's learning. It's happening. I have nothing to say. Welcome in. It's time for Him Possible and Her Possible Trivia. Let's meet our contestants. All right, it's time for another rousing game of trivia, something that we're going to continue doing all during the pandemic, especially I feel like the pandemic trivia has become a really big thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love I love our trivia. I love trying to beat you. It doesn't always happen, but I do like trying. So I'm going to r- explain the rules for everyone. We have 45 seconds on the clock. We are going to say five questions to one another. When I'm giving the questions to Jay, he will guess he has 45 seconds after I finish my first question to give those answers. If he gets something wrong or says pass, I will come back around and give that question again. And you can keep guessing an unlimited amount of times that 45 seconds allows. I am going to start with an audio one today. So I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to play... 15 seconds of audio and then you will make your answer you can only listen to it once so okay no problem jay name that tv show 
right, Baywatch. That's correct. Next. What state is called the Sunshine State? Florida. Gandhi died in what decade? The 70s. Where do dogs have sweat glands? In their mouth. What is the most purchased board game of all time? Ooh, Monopoly. Gandhi died in what decade? 60s. Where do dogs have sweat glands? Their tongue. What's the most purchased board game ah. of all time? Uh, okay, so board game, I, I should have said chess. Yes! Yes, ah. that would have been it. Ah, rats. I okay, think we'll, that's okay. I'll give you, I'll give you t- a half a point for that. Okay, so what, what decade did Gandhi die in? 1948. Oh, the 40s. Okay, all right. I, for some reason, I thought it was after World War II, but okay. All right. And then yeah, it was. was it the, was. It was like immediately following World War II. It was immediately II. following. So they're like, okay. All right. Well, people weren't done killing, I guess. Terrible. And terrible um, yeah, and he was assassinated. Yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah. dogs have sweat glands in their paws. In their paws. Okay. Because I know yeah. they pant to get cooler. So I just thought their mouth. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So I do not have a clip for you. I should have made one for you. But here we go. I am going to start the clock after the first question. All right. Are you ready, right. Ivana? I'm ready. What is the largest bird? Ostrich. Who in The Godfather Part 2 broke Michael's heart? Donnie. <laughs> what country has the world's fastest train? Japan. What is The Rock's real name? Dwayne Johnson. What classic book was written by Harper Lee? Oh, shit. We, like, talked about that recently. Uh, I don't know. Pass. What country has... Who in The Godfather Part Two broke Michael's heart? James. What country has the world's fastest train? Uh, China. What classic book was written? Oh, okay. Okay. So you got ostrich. Totally. Right off the gate. You On your second guess, you got China for the world's fastest train. And that train runs yes. from Beijing to Shanghai. Wow. Okay. You got Dwayne Johnson's name of The Rock. And the classic book written by Harper Lee is To Kill a Mockingbird. The Godfather, Fredo, you <laughs> broke my heart. And she kisses him on the mouth and he then he kills him while they're fishing. He doesn't kill him. He ha- has someone kill him because Michael doesn't need anybody. He doesn't need to get his hands dirty. He's got people for that. So, And Fredo dies and it's a heartbreaking scene. But it's Fredo. I, I I thought for sure you'd get that one. I I mean, I watched it once like way back in the day and I fell asleep immediately. So, yeah. <laughs> so, right, I so got you, two, two. You got, you got three in total. And, and uh, you got two and a half. Get? What? Yeah, you got two and a half. You had Baywatch, Florida, and I gave you a half a point oh, for chess. Oh, the half a point for chess. And what were the ones I didn't get? 
You missed Gandhi and Where Dogs Have Sweat Glands. Of course. Yes, of course. Look at that. It so quickly goes out of my head. <laughs> and again, I bow down to you, Queen. Uh, queen of Trivia takes it again. I'm going to have to up my game next time, get some dog paws, sweating things. <laughs> I don't know. This is Top Drawer TV. We watched the first episode of Solar Opposites. This is a new animated series by one of the creators of Rick and Morty. And boy, does it feel like a Rick and Morty clone. This new show follows an alien family that crashed on Earth and are trying to make the best out of it. Well, unless you're Corvo, the human-hating intellect of the group who's just trying to fix their spaceship to get off this rock. We find out they've been there a year. The rest of the episode focuses on the alien children dealing with a bully at school, and they do this by shrinking her down and then placing her in a jar. The quote-unquote adults are trying to bring a kid's TV mascot to life for some sort of weird alien camaraderie. Sidebar, none of this goes well at all. But the show does get some laughs, and for me, at least in the same way that Rick and Morty's outlandish writing hits my sci-fi sweet spot. How about you, Ivana? Did this work for you? I do think that it's pretty funny, but it's not my favorite show ever. I think I'm a kind of big fan of, I actually like this cartoon president a lot in American Dad. That's probably my favorite type of humor. Oh, and Futurama. Futurama is pretty brilliant. But it's good. It's so fast. That's what I can't. I've never watched Rick and Morty. I didn't realize how fast it goes. Very fast. The science is like speed language and the concepts. They come at you fast and furious the whole way through. I got to say that there were like a lot of like great jokes that go through. Like I really did enjoy the entire kid's storyline with the bully and making her tiny. And then later, I think they make the the janitor of the tv of their like high school or school also tiny and how they're like discriminated against at school and really it's just ridiculous yeah (laughs) because of course like yeah you crummy aliens get out of here you crummy aliens like everybody acts like it's normal but of course aliens going to your elementary school isn't normal but it's also you know people just trying to hate just for hate yeah because most of the time yeah. they're not doing anything wrong they're like just mind their own business yeah they're not I doing anything wrong they're just existing like. and everybody but i mean the parents did something a little bit wrong oh the parents built the a mutant freak who destroyed a city yep that's what they did oh, so like the kids bonkers. are doing fine but the parents the parents are a little bit crazy <laughs> and i don't know if they're like third rock from the sun like if they're all actually related or if they're just trying to mimic what they're seeing around them because it genuinely feels to me that like they're a family but they're on this spaceship that was veered off course somehow i don't get it i'm sure if i kept going there'd be more information but i don't know if i will keep going i look i like rick and morty a lot It grabbed me. I moved through it really, really quick. I'm caught up. I don't know if Solar Opposites, if I have room in my heart for another Rick and Morty type show, 
because it's a lot to take in. Yeah, I think that maybe one aspect of this that I both enjoy but also makes it not my favorite is that the jokes go really fast. So if you're not like completely paying attention, you might miss a lot of things. They might not land in quite the same way. They also get a little absurd. In some ways, I loved it, like with the kids when they had the bully's head ripped open and then they were pouring like... Oh, yeah, Coca-Cola on it. Yeah, (laughs) they were putting like Coke on her head and then they were like, look at her getting dumb. And she really was. And and that was a great joke on so many levels, especially for me, because, you know, me and sugar. And um, but then where I didn't get behind the show was the whole adult storyline with the the mascot because I just didn't quite understand like the mascot reminded me a little bit of elf meets Godzilla in the TV show the joke seemed just not as smart as what was going on with the two kids I get the feeling like it's third rock from the sun like they're not related but they're just playing a family and I kind of like that but yeah I I, I like the show but but not to make it look like these aliens look like people they are aliens. Oh, yeah. And everyone knows that they're aliens. And actually, totally. I think that's one thing that I like about that Earth. Yeah, that everybody is totally fine with them being aliens, yeah, even though they're could... being discriminated against. Yeah, like they don't care in the sense of yeah. you can exist, but they're still mean to them and horrible. It's really a good analogy to a lot of people in today's day and age where maybe they're not out being completely horrible but they're still being pretty damn horrible the interesting thing is that the adults aren't getting discriminated against it's only the kids in high school so it's like entirely represented of the worst things ever in life happen in high school yeah are they in high school or grade school i don't know it doesn't matter i guess doesn't matter they're old enough to have a shrink ray and shrink that bully down (laughs) which is the best part of the show i will give you that I don't think I'm going to keep going with this because I don't think in my heart I I have the time and space to keep going with it. But if I had like a a, a Saturday where I didn't want to do anything, I could see myself binge watching a season. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I could see myself like throwing on an episode here or there if I'm in the mood. But I don't think that it's something that I'm going to watch all in one shot or make sure to see the whole thing. But Ivana, you haven't even seen Rick and Morty. So before think, you go and binge this, you got to go and watch Rick and Morty. Yeah, I think that's what I need to do is I, I need to go check out Rick and Morty. What did you think of Solar Opposites? Did you watch it? Is it just enough like Rick and Morty that it got your attention? Or are you going to stick only with your Rick and Morty and that's it? Or do you hate Rick and Morty altogether and you don't like any of this stuff? Let us know. Next week, we invite you guys to check out the movie To Die For with us. Yeah, this is one of go. your honorable mentions today. It is, and it had been so long since I've seen it. I have basically no memory, but I remembered liking it. And I remember not liking it. So we're going to take this down to take two, where we both watch a movie where we've seen already. One of us doesn't like it, me. Ivana does. And we'll see if our opinions change. Yeah, like maybe I'm going to hate it now. And maybe you're going to love it now. Totally possible. Probably not. Probably going to be worse than I imagined. (laughs) <laughs> it's one of Ivana's picks, guys. Yeah, Biodome was horrible. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>
And that's our show. Thanks so much for listening and please tune in again next time. If you'd like to support the show, you can hop on to your podcast service and subscribe. And if you're really feeling generous, why not score a quick rating or review? Our intro song comes from bensound.com and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our music, our talented voice actors, and sound effects. Ivana and I love hearing from you, so we actually built this website on how you can reach us at morethemovies.net. But in case you hate websites, you can also email us. Hello at morethemovies.net. I really need to get that figured out. Definitely could try. <laughs> you could try to email us. Uh, we, we may have... That, that site might be damn, but we still have it in our intro just for you. You definitely can find us on Facebook, More Than Movies Podcast. I've put up a little bit of stuff there. Or catch us on Twitter. I'm at It's Ivana. I'm at Jester J. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back again soon with an all new episode. And until next time, friends. Do more. And watch more.